0: Hi, it's Damo here. This episode contains discussions around borderline personality disorder, self-harm and suicide, so do go carefully. Hello and welcome to episode seventy of I'm Fine, a chat between myself, Demo and Mark. Hi. Someone who I've witnessed this week trying to connect a Bluetooth speaker using only the power of his mind. (laughs) Yeah, and my foot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, form and chaos, substance and oblivion, light and dark and all the infinite variations of yin and yang. 100 points for anyone who knows where that came from. And um, we're all work in progress. And this podcast is no exception. In short, it's a poke at our perfectly imperfect lives. And if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness, then our work here is done. Make sure you subscribe to us in your podcast app and follow us on the socials by searching for I'm Finecast. And please do drop us an email at i'mfinecast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So coming up, welcome to part two in our three-part mini-series mm-hmm. on borderline personality disorder. Where we're taking a deep dive on this very misunderstood and under-researched mental health condition. Oh, I was going to say, actually, I took it out. I was going to say underfunded, but you could almost say that any, any disease, any illness, any condition, are largely underfunded. But you know, it any, is any,
1: disproportionately in terms of the number of people that. Right, I mean, have I didn't it. have that to hand, but I.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just it's... thought of it. It's like it's like any healthcare system, any anything like that. There's no amount of money that will ever yeah. be enough. Yeah. The, the NHS could never be overfunded. No. But, so um, I
1: mean, in America, it, it's literally we mentioned before, BPD has um, more people with it than bipolar and schizophrenia put together. But its funding is
0: like a couple of percent of what they right, receive. Okay. So it, probably, it would have been probably a correct statement. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just totally. Didn't, I didn't correct. want to. Uh, yeah, like come back it up. Way off the
1: scale. Yeah. Okay.
0: In this episode, we'll be looking in more detail at um, childhood trauma, favorite person, splitting triggers, episodes couple of things I really don't know what they're about. Mm-hmm. So before we get into it, I just yeah. wanted to say how proud I was of the last episode. A couple of reasons. Okay. Firstly, I don't want to get too soppy here, Mark, as mm-hmm. I don't want tears on the equipment. <laughs> Salt water and electronics don't mix. No. <laughs> uh, but just say I'm very proud of you for sharing your diagnosis on here. Thank you. And you've shared much on this pod. We we're just talking about that, how much we actually have shared yes you know I'm, I'm totally aware of how difficult that was for you to do and for us to do that episode so i really yeah. appreciate that we've already alluded to it so it probably wasn't much of a surprise in terms of it's the best kept secret <laughs> <And> you're going <laughs> yeah, we've like... had 70 episodes and you've told us yeah. about
1: paranoia rank, doubt... <laughs> ranking coffee cups
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah i doubt you're know, forgetting stuff hanging your coat up in the uh litter tray
1: yeah obsessive behavior <laughs> addiction for yeah decades. I mean, people probably yeah.
0: didn't go Oh, that's classic bpd because we've <laughs> discovered not many people have but heard they'll be able to in future but now they might go okay that will make sense yeah so yeah, so big props to you for doing thank that thank you and uh i think to do that here with me means a lot to me personally knowing how difficult it was for you and i think you kind of did it quite nonchalantly and i kind of <laughs> <laughs> um but secondly i'm really proud of the episode yes know yeah, you are too I am. and i don't think we could have done a better job on such a difficult topic, to no. be honest.
1: It's never gonna be easy to do, and we had a really quick turnaround. You were having to edit it in mm. twenty four hours or whatever, and mm. there's a couple of things that I asked you to take out. We only really get one go at this, don't we? And it's yeah. it's we are trying to be careful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I was proud of the first.
0: I think we were really anxious, but I, I'm, I'm certainly super happy with what we've done. And I think it's been well received. and I think judging by the record-breaking first day yes. yeah, <laughs> first day was... figures, I think it must have resonated or been doing the rounds or people have been telling people, which has been I think, I think wonderful. It's th- I
1: think it's the people in Bolton, because my first little line here was the biggest photo thanks to the Bolton massive. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The community people up in Bolton, I think, who, I put in here, you know who you are. I always think it's funny when when you have like BAFTAs and yeah. someone goes up and I'm just gonna, I'd just like to thank everyone who's been involved with this. And they name four people <laughs> and there's eight who are totally they've fucked got ma- off <laughs> isn't yeah. there. It's they've like
0: a massive piece of paper and they just say four people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or the worst thing is they say 27 people and there's two <laughs> they've missed stuff, out. Yeah. You can't win. Yeah. And then you go on oh, everyone else. And if you're one of the everyone else's. Yes. Yeah, so there's people going, I'm one of the everyone else. I yeah. <laughs> just say my name. <laughs> However, so I'm going to actually go against that. I just wanted to say, I mean, firstly, thank you for what you just said. Appreciate right. it. But what I've written down here is that the, the, the feedback I've had, and I realize that people are DMing me rather than going to the email, which yeah. I can understand why. Yeah, sure. But the feedback, the messages, the time people have taken to contact me has been truly moving, like honestly moving. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go all through the names, but just just a few people. Dean. Remy, Chelsea and Darcy, your texts have been so moving and a special mention today for Beck who, who wrote something really beautiful about me and sent to Amelia and taking the time then to, to contact me was just I don't know. It almost feels that first episode, in a way, has achieved what we wanted to achieve, which was engagement to get people listening. And I don't think people have been polite. A couple of people have gone, I can't wait for episode two. And it hasn't been platitudes. Yeah, Yeah. It's like, I want to know more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it has been. Great, I felt. That's But someone in need of validation every second of my life, (laughs) it does help my mental health.
0: Good. The floor is yours. One of the
1: things, and we're going to come on a little bit later on to talk about the therapy that I'm having at the moment, which is dialectic behavioural therapy. And one of the the things about that DBT is around balance. And I think that's what I want to do today, is to have a a, a balance between the scientific data and research so that we actually have a factual base. But the feedback I've had seems to be very positive on the anecdotal examples, Mm -hmm and i'm getting people and i mean obviously lewis is constantly in our thoughts and in my thoughts and you know you've heard a lot from me and become you know almost got to know him by one 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 removed sort of thing and a lot of people or a number of people have come back and, and said to me that's what lewis said that's what lewis did he used those words he listened to that music and i think i want to just sort of grab those anecdotal examples not to go this is all about me and this is all the things I do. But if you're in contact with people with BPD, it helps you deal with that because we're hard to live with and if you are someone that has BPD maybe understanding that other people share your characteristics can be reassuring in a way um, to know that you're not alone in all this. First one we looked at sort of general traits I sort of wanted to dig a little bit deeper now and look about how different things are manifested important that people can recognize them and help to reduce the impact both for the person on the receiving end and the individual themselves in terms of self-management. Mm-hmm. So the only last thing I want to say as well, and I mentioned this about just using first name terms and anonymous, some of the things I'm going to say today are from other people that have shared with me or that I've known. Um, and I've taken some stuff from some forums in the last couple of days. So there are some direct quotes. And if it is something that that, that I'm experiencing I will say that. I think it's okay. important that I explain that this is something and it might not be that everyone feels the same on this uh, but it's just from a personal point the other thing i wanted to say was something there's two things we laugh quite a lot and i'm listening to that ppd and we smile you can hear us smile and laughing and you actually said there might be some laughs on this and i think it is worth having that balance um i was thinking sometimes when you watch channel four and you see a documentary on tourette's and there's that sort of humor within it that doesn't take away the sympathy or the empathy for that person mm. but it means that you know life isn't just all you know yeah. sullen and
0: sad well, we've talked about comedy in a, in a few pods haven't we yeah. as a has come out of awkward and traumatic yes. experiences yes. and moments yeah. it's a natural reflex of ours yes coping mechanism yes like a funeral sometimes so you, you know and... it, yeah we can't be apologetic about it no it just eases the difficulty doesn't it certainly
1: i've heard the word dysphoria which I'd never heard before and for those of you that haven't listened to or are new to this pod we tend to put a lot of emphasis on vocabulary and words that 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 we find interesting so dysphoria is a sort of unease or a generalized self-dissatisfaction and everything I'm going to talk about now this dysphoria runs through it in in my life that the things we're going to Mention now that sort of general unease that like we said before not being content being sort of having that sort of heightened anxiety or nervousness Mm -hmm. never really feeling netflix and chill so the first thing we're going to mention is a bpd episode and in some ways i think this is a confusing term my feeling is that bpd is a constant roller coaster i've used the term roller coaster Mm -hmm. before and i'm stuck on this roller coaster and just feeling you know, well, ups and downs, you know, it's like quite an an obvious analogy. And when I hear about BPD episodes, that feels that I'm on a series of rides at Orton Tower with Candy Floss and Coke in between. And I don't feel like that. I don't feel that it's shit. I'm having an episode. Everything's right in the world. Shit, there's another episode. That isn't how I feel it. It might be like that, but that isn't how I feel it. But why we have to, oh shit, listen to me. No. Why it would be useful to talk about episodes (laughs) Um, you're gonna keep that in yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it'll come up in a minute um why i feel is important to talk about episodes is that they are the bouts of depression and anxiety that put people at most risk yeah 80 percent of those presenting with bpd episodes experience suicidal thoughts and behavior whilst in the throes of an episode so This is the thing that we were saying last time about the cutting. Someone with BPD may go to great lengths to feel something, as well as becoming increasingly withdrawn and avoidant during an episode. So the paranoid thoughts of everyone being out to get them and hating them are also common during these times. So an episode is basically extreme reactions but it can also be extreme highs so you can get bursts of euphoria i mean occasionally when you come to training i've just been like hyperactive and sort of you know sort of full of it so it can be bursts of euphoria and positive emotions Mm -hmm. but these emotional highs are also episodes of the disorder it's because it's around the lack of emotional regulation and there was a phrase we had in the last one where i said you know happiness and sadness are interchangeable Mm -hmm. and it is that with BPD, you can be euphorically happy and crying. Yeah. And the other thing is that risky behavior is also a symptom of BPD of an episode. So we talked in the kitchen just before to do the prelims for this and I think it's very clear at the end we just have to go a few coping mechanisms because if somebody is, and we're going to talk about this scale of 0 to 100. If someone is at 99 on that scale, you and that person have to do everything they can to get to 98 because if you go to 100, you're in trouble. So we will be talking about coping mechanisms. But it's interesting that the risky behaviour increases during the episode. And I took this directly. I've got all the links, but and this is word for word. Reckless driving and traffic accidents are common, as are impulsive spending and substance abuse. And those, of course, makes the symptoms exaggerated. Mm. So this is one of the things we were saying. You can have an episode. You get in your car. One of the things Lewis and I always shared as you know when you've seen some of his insta stories the constant beep in the car because we don't wear seatbelts which is ridiculous really Mm -hmm. but it is just i think that risky behavior comes much more in an episode and because your anxiety or your emotions are heightened Mm -hmm. you're much more at risk that is episodes we will be giving a bit at the end okay around that is there anything you want to sort of
0: no I i was gonna say if there's any if you wanted to i guess if there's anything specific and there's there is a um, you know, uh, a relevant point to say without getting into it, usually about treatments or man- management, mm-hmm. then, you know, we can mention them as, as we go. They don't have to be a big thing at the end, but uh, okay. as they come to you, if you think, oh, here's an example, but here's here's what I do, or here's what I know some people do to cope with that. Well, maybe, well, rather a, yeah. Than, you know, we don't have to have a big chunk of...
1: Okay, well, let's let's just do it. Because I think it's, it's good to have context if you give
0: an example and go, if you like, th- if this happens... Then these are good things yeah. or things that can work. Not for everyone, but these are things that work for me or for someone else. We don't have to go into the, the details yeah, of. I get you. Yeah. If, it, if you think it, if it comes to you, but I wouldn't worry about
1: it. No, no. It, I, I think, well, we just had this discussion. And, and when I described this to you before, you said that you found it useful when we just said about the the naught to 100. Yeah, if you have a graph and naught to 100, naught being you know everything content and brilliant in the world, and 100 is like the worst possible place you could be. Mm-hmm. That's on one line, and the other line is time. What tends to happen, and this has come via therapy and also it comes from my own personal experience, is I tend to wake up at about 50 or 60. Anything small that happens that, that knocks me takes me to 80. Mm-hmm. So I might see, my first client of the day I might see, and because someone's given me the finger in the car or because you know the battery is flat or something like that and I'm at an 80, if that client does something that upsets me, my reaction to it is going to be a lot more emotional yep. than somebody who maybe woke up at a 20, <laughs> yeah, yeah. got a bit pissed to off a... to a 40, yeah.
0: but wouldn't stay at a 40 for hours. Yeah. If you can get someone to, to, I think you said 98, that doesn't sound a lot, but that is better than going to a, you know, yes. <laughs> coming that way yeah. is much better. But yeah. you've also said that you can be operating at an 80 or even 90 for actually quite a long period of time. Yeah. So I was going to say about the episodes, they episodes aren't five ten minutes no. they can be days yes they can be weeks yes. can't they or they yeah. can be fleeting
1: Yeah, one of the the phrases that you'll hear me say is this, and I have said this to you before about, I've been told that I fish for suffering. Mm. So that if you are in a position where someone has upset you and you're up at 95, there's almost um, an encouragement within your mind to stay there. Just keep being hurt because you're still feeling something. Still be resentful, still be. So what happens when I'm on a 95 and my third client of the day comes on? Mm. I had a client once, this comes up later, but I'll say it now. I had a client once who was doing weight loss with me. And she said, it's all right for you because you're obsessive. And I'm. it was like, where do I go with that? Mm. Got a, a friend of Amelia's in Denmark called Mira. And she uses this phrase a lot. She went, where do I go with that information? When yeah. someone says something to you. What am I supposed to do with yeah, it? Yeah. It's like, what am I meant to say? Yes, I'm mm. obsessive. Or... Yeah does that somehow make me different? Or why is that easier? I still have to, you know, if I'm doing weight loss, it's, you know, not eating calories is the same as you not eating calories. So what we're saying on that graph is to recognize that if someone comes in who's at 90 and you say something to them or spill a cup of tea on them or something like that, they Mm -hmm. can go to 100 where somebody else might be at 30 and go, their reaction would be a lot more measured, yeah. And it isn't that tiny incident; it's all the precursors to it. Yeah,
0: a lot of people listening will be able to understand the the disproportionate response to something. Yeah, the old spilt milk scenario. Yes. you know, yeah. it's not that thing. It's yes. the ten things that have just happened up to that point. Yeah, yeah and exactly. I think people can relate to that in all in all sorts of ways. Yeah.
1: and I, I mean that was one of the things that we talked about last time, and I'm struggling. I'm still struggling from when we recorded the last one Mm. and i don't know where this is coming from i'm still struggling with other people having aspects of my condition and making comparisons i think people are trying to empathize or go yeah i know what you mean Uh because i'm sometimes like that if i'm really anxious and it is the same as the condition but what i want to say is this is 24 hours a day, yeah, this yeah. heightened awareness yeah. doesn't go away. This is the constant roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. And I think people are trying to be sympathetic and empathetic and go, I can feel your pain, mm. which is really positive. But I'm trying to say the way I sometimes present can be disproportionate yeah. and someone can look at me and go, why the fuck did he do that? Mm. Why is he being so nasty? Yeah. Why is he trying to cut me off? Whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't making an apology or an excuse. It's just sort of saying... It's around the intensity,
0: yeah. I guess. Yeah.
1: And this is going to lead on to splitting. So one of the things that is common in BPD is that the nuances of the world are completely missing. And we've talked about nuance before a lot. Yeah, a lot yeah. And I think this is similar in some ways to some conditions on the autistic spectrum, that everything tends to be black or white, right or wrong, all or nothing. I've often said to you, I love this person. I hate this person. I can never have content. I can never have middle ground. I don't want ordinary. I've used that sort of language yeah, yeah and this this general lack of middle ground means that you're always at one or other a state of extreme either extreme good or extreme bad yeah in terms of how you're viewing things so this paradoxical way of life was brought together by a book by Hal Strauss and Gerald Chrisman called I hate you don't love me and we refer to it in the first yeah, we one did, yeah, yeah. We referred to the Demi Lovato song as well yeah and this I hate you don't leave me is splitting right okay and my interpretation is that that phrase works for people with BPD and those people who are in friendships or relationships with people with BPD. That's my personal interpretation. And what I mean by that is, as someone with BPD, I know I can be manipulative, I can lie, I can be very harsh with the way I speak, I can make people feel upset and don't feel any compunction at that. And whilst I'm doing all that, my biggest fear is that that person leaves me. (laughs) <laughs> so there'll be a tirade of like yeah. blah 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 blah, and inside my head's going, "Don't leave me! Don't leave me! If anything, I've got to abandon you so you don't abandon me. Yeah, yeah. I got to get in first so you can't hurt me. Yeah. But I also think that applies to people in relationships or friendships with people with BPD. And I'm I'm guessing there's a few people who knew Lewis and I've only met him twice in my life, mm-hmm. but I can imagine. That there's been times when they've just despaired of his behaviour and gone like, "I hate you for what you're doing." I, yeah. you know, this behaviour is tiring, or mm. your your mood is, you know, draining me. Yeah, yeah. But they don't leave me. Is that sort of, I don't know, something that that extreme behaviour still has a a hook on people mm. that they don't want to desert that person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's believed to be a self defence mechanism so that we can act against feelings of hurt, rejection, or abandonment. Mm-hmm. Abandonment is massive. And we mentioned about childhood trauma. And a lot of this comes from stuff that happened within childhood. And again, we talk trauma isn't always about being beaten or being neglected. It can yeah. be the way people speak to you, the way people put you down as a childhood, mm-hmm. um, the way people denigrate your self-worth. And so one of the things that they use, which I love this example, is the sort of metaphor of having a devil on one and then an angel on the other. And I I love it when they use it in The Simpsons and you can see the two (laughs) sides of a story. And most people have that in their life. So yeah, yeah, the devil tells you one thing, and you sit and you listen to them both and you'll go with who you want to go to. Mm. And you'll form a well-rounded assessment of what's right for you. With splitting, only one appears. You don't get any balance. This is why the dialectical part of the therapy is important. So you either hear the devil that says, smash everything, be rude, be disruptive, mm-hmm. leave,
0: create a scene. You don't yeah, you don't get the one that goes, just think about that for a minute. Yeah. Just take ten. Yeah. It doesn't have to end good, up Yeah, your day's gonna get a lot busier in the wrong way.
1: You only listen to, to mm. one shoulder, if you mm. like. Yeah, yeah. And so the 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 scientific terms for this are idealization, which is seeing things or people as all good, mm-hmm. or devaluation, which is seeing things or people as all bad. And we've talked a lot on the, the earlier pods, and I would say for people that are interested in BDP and not doing a sales pitch, uh, listening to some of our other pods might still be helpful yeah. in some ways, In ret- you know, retrospectively listening to them. Yeah. What okay. they say is the symptoms for, for for splitting is it's a pattern of unstable and intense interpersonal relationships characterized by alternation between extremes of idealization and devaluation. And it's these extremes that I feel are tiring mm-hmm. for other people yeah, because we can be the most diffusive and supportive and empathetic of people and we can be complete bastards. And I think it must be really tiring to know mm. who's going to walk through the door.
0: Mm. But is it tiring for you? Yes, because I don't, because you don't Consciously know.
1: decide. So this disorganized attachment, as it's called, because of this, the, these sort of patterns engaging in very close relationships is linked very much back to childhood. We said in the first one, the link with childhood. And again, it doesn't mean you've been abused yeah. in the typical way. There's, there's a whole host of different ways. For the whole of the time I went to school, I've mentioned this, we were talking about my mum, bless her, every day of my school life from the age of whatever it was, 10 to 18, mm-hmm. I didn't see my mother for one morning she was in bed yeah. now i think my mother had bpd mm-hmm. looking back mm-hmm. i'm sure she did yeah. and so i don't feel any vindictiveness towards her mm. it's only when you start talking about it and looking in this and you go that was eight years my mother didn't see me off for school that was yeah. eight years where she didn't check i was okay mm-hmm. and it's not a massive trauma she was she was a good mother but for eight years not to come down to your son and yeah. go have a good day at school and here's your packed lunch yeah, yeah. isn't functional in a family where the mother is there. Mm, mm. You know, a lot of people don't have parents there. Yeah, but yeah, if your course. mother's there, yeah. it'd be nice to see her. Yeah. This disorganized attachment has this conflicting fear of and love for the caregiver. And we've mentioned before this, this aspect with mm-hmm. parenting. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really what I see with splitting, that it's an either or. And when it's a negative, that other person has to face this tirade of abuse. Mm. Although you might love that person more than anyone in the world, mm. they have to put up with You know how you're demonstrating splitting and even to the point that it would be right that's it that's over i'm leaving i'm going you don't even want that necessarily yeah yeah, but your fear of being abandoned by someone else means now i've got him first they can't leave me yeah these are the sort of signs that people can see or would be including in splitting one of them is idealizing certain people from who the person with bdp craves excessive attention and they view them as special powerful and free of all so it's almost like you're a deity you're mm-hmm. worshipped mm-hmm. and you're also fine. Seeking reassurance from those people that they still love them or care about them or are friends with them. So this is the the thing around, you know, someone hasn't texted me for twelve minutes, therefore they hate me. Yeah. It's yeah. like I haven't texted them for four weeks. But <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. that it doesn't work two ways with BBD. Right. It's like expecting other people to choose sides between the person with BPD and someone the person with BPD devalues. So it's like, if you're friendly with them, you can't be friends with me. So it's it's seen people is making a choice almost as like that's my person you can't go off and talk to someone I don't like we mentioned the strong fear of abandonment there's extreme closeness extreme dislike fluctuating moods difficulty trusting people or irrationally fearing others intentions we mentioned motives didn't we in the first one when we're talking about the paranoia and it's like Mm. looking at everyone's motives Um, and we're going to go into favourite person in a moment but some of the problems are it forms a codependency between the person with BPD and the person they think is perfect because it puts a lot of pressure on that other person because it isn't um a natural relationship necessarily and this can be random it can be people that you know from a whole different settings Mm -hmm. i think i probably tell you more than i tell most of my friends Mm -hmm. i don't think i split with you because i don't think we've had any rage (laughs) but i think occasionally i'll come in here after (laughs) after a therapy session and go bleh yeah i need to tell you this and that's the oversharing is a typical BPD thing Mm -hmm. um so it becomes exhausting for both parties because i I'm constantly needing reassurance from the perfect person. You know, if you have that favorite person, mm-hmm. we're going to come into your expectation is all they'll do is yeah. validate you, reassure you. Yeah. You almost think I, I don't want anything but yeah. Positive that person's not
0: always ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, <And laughs> their they cup might, th- might, might be full of as well. Once <laughs> yeah. or twice they yeah. might go, "You're a twat."
1: Yeah. <laughs> just fuck off. Just shut up. Yeah. And this this, this phrase, "walking on eggshells," mm-hmm. I think a lot of people around people with BPD find it. Can I just relax? And you know. Watch a film. Why do I have to change every word I said? The person with BPD then ends up having a poor self-image. This can lead to self-harming behavior because you've seen someone who's hurt, who's crying or or who rejects you because of your behavior. This is one of the times when it leads to suicidal thoughts or attempts and the chronic feelings of emptiness, which we mentioned in the last one it also then leads on as you can expect to unhealthy impulsive or dangerous decision making and so this goes on the drug use drinking the driving especially yeah although i didn't like this line this was the line in the report i read essentially it becomes a mechanism that contributes to your self-destruction even as you use it to cope and that sums up for me a lot of bdp Mm. that it's underpinned by this self-destruction yeah this this desire to suffer and hurt yourself and this self-loathing so this leads to favorite person and i said to you just now i've got a little bit of hesitancy on favorite person for two reasons one is it's not a scientific term yeah um in clinical science it'd be called unstable relationships idealization or fear of abandonment those would be the terms Mm -hmm. but i think it gets used a lot in therapy the favorite person and i think for me favorite person should be favorite people In terms that I can have an attachment to a person for 30 seconds. And for that moment, that person has, you know, like I said about the person holding the door, Mm -hmm. I could just look at somebody and feel some sort of connection with them or think that they would, I don't know, just feel a connection, feel a chemical connection. But it's disproportionate, it isn't based Mm -hmm. on fact, it isn't based on any knowledge other than just, I just feel that's my favourite person. And I think just going back to Lewis, I've met Lewis twice in my life, and yet I sort of put him up there in my top, you know, top five friends of all time. Mm -hmm. And when I saw him, the connection was there, we understood everything, we listened to the same music, so we had everything in common. But that wasn't the point, it wasn't having everything in common. (laughs) It was just, you know, I fell in love with Lewis (laughs) Mm. and... I think favourite person isn't always about falling in love. Mm-hmm. It isn't always about getting into a relationship. Yeah. It's just having that idealisation of another human mm-hmm. being that becomes disproportionate. Yeah. There's no scientific work on it at the moment, I think, because it's almost seen as a little
0: bit sort of anecdotal, colloquial. It's, it's hard. Sometimes it's How beyond, would you measure it? It's almost beyond words, yeah. isn't it? It's beyond explanation. Yes. If it's, a, it's energy based, you know it's an energy or something you can't describe, right?
1: Yeah, and the conundrum is, that is that when you have your favorite person, they become responsible for your happiness, or they can become responsible for your happiness. So you are then dependent upon them. Yeah. So they have to fulfill a role for you, mm. and, it, and there might be a role that they don't even know they're. Yeah, I mean, co-
0: codependency is a whole is a whole thing on itself. That's a few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> isn't yeah. it? The, just what codependency is when you look it up. Yes. The codependency can happen in a in a moment. Yes. From, from nothing to something. Yeah. and it could Or it could take 20, 30 years.
1: From my personal experience is that the sharing that I do as BTP, which is ironic because it's taken me 69 episodes to say it. I might share, I've shared with you some fairly personal stuff. Mm. And you're more circumspect about your life in terms of sharing. But I know sometimes I walk into the mm. kitchen and go, do you know this happened to me? <laughs> yeah. And I sometimes you go, you've never told me that before. And I go, mm. oh, I thought I had. BPD people do overshare. Mm. That's a generalization, but I think it's a true one. And I don't think what we do is appreciate the pressure that puts on other people. Mm. If there's people listening today with BPD, I, for one, have tried to have an awareness that if I offload to somebody, that person has then got to deal with it. Yeah, I'll go, great, it's great. I've told them this happened to me. I can now go have a cup of coffee. But that yes. person then has to, if I'm telling something about abuse or bad treatment, that other person has then got to, yeah. to deal think, with it. Yeah,
0: them. I know you well left <laughs> them. <laughs> me to admit this that sometimes you come in and my cup is full yeah. right and i'm like no, no, no i don't care i've got enough of my own <laughs> but it's like it's important for me to listen yeah i'm going to try my best to hold this and yeah. i think it's the same for you know i can't get around expecting that it's going to be that everyone else is going to be absorbing it in the way i want them to absorb it and hold it in the way i want them to hold it protect things in the way i want them to yeah. protect them but sometimes you just got to park your own shit yeah. And give someone space to, yeah. do you know what I mean? I think or read that's the, the room. Of, if I walk yeah. in and
1: you're looking like shit yeah, If I'm, I, if go, I if, do you know what happened to me when I was seven? <laughs> if I'm yeah, whatever.
0: And I <laughs> know I'll probably put the coffee machine on when you start talking. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, can't hear you. <laughs> I'm good lit reader. Yeah. It is important to kind of, not. don't get me wrong, you're probably going to go, is he actually, is he faking <laughs> this? Is he listening? No, <laughs> or is he just you. watching my lips move? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think it's important to kind of just, just, put your own stuff to it's difficult to do not everyone can do that but mm. i think I've, I've got the capacity to do that yeah and i think it's important to to show someone that you know kind of respect and really you know even if you've had a bad day it's a difficult one but there's one other thing that i just need to say
1: mm-hmm. because i'm very aware of this is that occasionally i've shared stuff with you not necessarily the deepest stuff but i maybe said you know an incident that happened and it's only now when we're having this conversation, I'm thinking something similar might have happened to you. And I've just triggered. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I was mentioning getting beaten at school, like for years and years. For all I know, you were beaten at school and me yeah. coming in and going, do you know, for five years I was beaten? And you're going, I don't want to hear this because yeah. this
0: is bringing up. Yeah, I don't even want to tell him that it's a thing I don't want to hear yeah. about. Yeah.
1: yeah. and and But how do I stop him? Because he's offloading yeah, to me yeah, and right. he's trusting me. And it's then
0: I'm not going it's like, I've got rid of my baggage. It's like, get yeah. on with the podcast, and you're there going. It's back to the oversharing. Some people are oversharing it in yeah. the first three seconds of meeting them, whether they have a condition or not. It's just, that's yeah. what they do. They're
1: open and they're. But the nuances are gone because if I offload all that on mm-hmm. you, I'm not going just. Your tongue a minute, like yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. look no, at his point. body language and make sure. I think it's you've okay. got to be really
0: aware of what what people are bringing to to other people's doorsteps. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I, think I mean, I think that's life in general, yeah. isn't yeah, it? It no, isn't just no, BPD. No, absolutely, but, absolutely right. Yeah. Um,
1: so, I'm just going to read this bit word for word because I think it's quite interesting. So, we talked about the sort of "I hate you, don't leave me." So that the, the the bit about the idealisation and, and seeing that person almost, as I say, as a deity that can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. The "don't leave me" is that the the nature of the relationship generally is very draining. I and mean, I've looked back in my life in terms of people that I've been almost, I've been too close with in terms of the favourite person. There's one guy that 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 I can think about and that I've almost destroyed that relationship yeah. by being a bit of a twat. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In retrospect, I could have handled it better because mm. I value the guy, I love the guy, but I don't think I've dealt with it mm-hmm. in a good way, but I'm still doing nothing <laughs> yeah. to amend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just going to read this word for word. Yeah. So when we get to this, at this point, the relationship may be in trouble. So this is the point where you're so dependent on the other person validating you that if Mm -hmm. that start, if they're going, I'm too tired, Mm -hmm. you know, just give me a bit of space. So your then favorite person becomes drained and longing for a break. Yeah. They find themselves struggling to be reassuring enough because you're always wanting more. Mm. And The negative aspects of the relationship have begun to drag them down. So you're wanting more and more affirmation and validation you've worn them out so much they can't keep telling you how good you are how brilliant you are how funny you are how you know whatever. that make you try harder so (laughs) i'm going i'm not getting what i want you know (laughs) i've got to push it so it may be best to break off the relationship but the person with bpd finds himself unable to do so Mm -hmm. and then it becomes emotional stalking so the person with bpd goes i've got to mend this relationship so you then cross boundaries create more tensions and it's like you overtry. the last thing the person wants
0: you're making it worse by trying to put it right yeah, yeah.
1: instead of saying let's just take 10 mm. find a bit of space yeah come back you know reset yeah it's like no i've got to do more so then your sense of value if you have the BPT, your sense of value is diminished all you want to do is then repair the relationship because your self-image is i've ruined this mm. the other party might go i've had enough of this i'm moving on so what happens is then your self-image your self-worth gets destroyed even more and so in future occasions the need for validation and reassurance Mm. becomes even higher yeah in the book um i hate you don't leave me it says although the person may not be consciously aware of this dilemma he frequently places a friend or relation in a no-win situation in which the other person is condemned no matter
0: which way he goes Mm. and it's Mm. it is that it's on my doorstep Mm. and it doesn't matter what i do with it Mm. it's going to be it's going to end in tears yes that's even worse isn't it it's not like you can't give it back and it's all cancelled out mm. it's a poison chalice isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, you've got no option you can't do right for
1: doing wrong no. and also it's, it's going. like to...
0: I'd no one br- do ask for this yeah yeah <laughs> screw you man
1: <laughs> and i'm wondering if there's people listening now who are going i can recognize that i have been that person's favorite person and just how draining it is you know the, the love for that person could be beyond everything on both sides Do you yeah. know how people you know I, I know from from people that said about Lewis, he seems to have such a massive sense of engagement with so many people mm. and so many people are just so moved by his presence. Um, but I know from seeing him a couple of times that there's also the other side that, you know, it's the angel and devil. There can be there's times a duality where, of this yeah, whole thing, isn't yeah. there? One interesting thing is that an individual, the, fi- favorite th- the final thing on favourite person, um, the individual with BPD often tend to emulate the behaviors or the identity or the careers or values of the other person so you find them in a shift that they'll almost sort of morph into that other person to try and get even more mm. so they'll do the same hobbies or they'll read the same books or they'll yeah. like the same things on the telly mm. or they'll change mm-hmm. their fashion sense or whatever mm. to constantly fit in and again that can be quite overwhelming you don't mm. want someone being a mini me sort of thing yeah So the very final thing on this is just, again, the scientific bit. Attention, praise, or love from a favorite person results in intense feelings of pleasure, joy, comfort, and attachment. So when it's good, it's very, very good. While perceived rejection, and that's the interesting word, it's perceived. Mm. So the the perceived rejection or criticism or disappointment causes intense dysphoria, self-injury, or suicidal thoughts. And that's the bit, the two extremes Mm -hmm. from the same person can say one thing, and you couldn't be happier. Yeah. They can say something very similar, but mm-hmm. in a different way. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just going to use this example from Adam because he sent it through to me. Four messages or five messages on a phone. Are you free? Yes. Are you mad at me? No. Why would I be mad? I don't know. But the yes sounded angry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a text discussion that I would have had with someone. <laughs> okay, so we've, we've done the splitting, which is sort of linked into the favorite person, because quite often the favorite person will be the person that's at the the end of the splitting but no n- not 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 exclusively mm-hmm. you, you can have splitting you know from it doesn't it isn't there's just one person in your life that you're going to be good a bad to it can be a whole host of other yeah, people yeah. yeah i'm just going to give an example this is someone called jennifer who's who's written a lot of stuff on the internet i've got the links for it She's about three million followers she's written something that the attachment to the favorite person is outside of your conscious control and this is the most distressing aspect the individual with BPD does not choose who they'd like their favorite person to be they could might they might attach to very different individuals with very different roles and they're saying here it might be a teacher a friend a celebrity or a romantic partner the individual with BPD this lack of control worsens their sense of autonomy it's almost it creeps upon you it's like why do I feel that she, this is how she acts to people with favorite person i want to know every little detail of your life who you are i constantly ask you if you're okay to the point of it being annoying i'll literally become the perfect person for you shape-shifting which i think is really interesting Mm -hmm. i'll change to meet what i think you want i'll grow my hair i'll wear different clothes i'll act Mm -hmm. differently Mm -hmm. i get jealous and possessive very easily i compliment you all the time on how smart and interesting you are how attractive how funny how intriguing anything and everything and i'll make sure you know how i feel about you every day and these compliments are 100 percent sincere when i idolize you you're perfect i'll tell you i love you at least 30 minutes and then she's putting brackets no joke I will either respond to all of your messages and phone calls immediately, or it'll take me years to reply because I don't want to seem so intense. And I might tell you every detail of everything, even if you don't want to hear it, because you're my favorite person. I want you to know all of my thoughts and feelings. And it's it's even tiring reading it. You, know, it's
0: yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about the text message of the last episode. I was like, oh, mate, I'm yeah. <laughs> knackered out here and I'm not the one going through it.
1: Yeah. And then it says, I'll probably stalk you as a final
0: <laughs> Yeah. I think we've got that bit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and this is the one that made me laugh. It's And I've sort of hinted at this. If I know you prefer brunettes or skin, skinny or curvy, guess what I'm about to be? <laughs> I'll get clingy and I won't want to share you or your attention with anyone else. And I'll get irritable if I don't have all your attention, even if you're working or something. <laughs> and it's that <laughs> bit. It's like, yeah. there's no <laughs> excuse for not, you know. I feel... on my own behavior and on others that i know that there is a massive hypocritical element to what i'm about to say Mm -hmm. because some of the things that i want from other people i don't give to them Mm -hmm. and it's like that's the selfishness of bpd it's like i have to have this affirmation you're not going to necessarily get it back from me Mm -hmm. and this thing about walking on eggshells is have I used the right word? Have I responded promptly? Have I done this? Sometimes, when I was doing with Lewis, I would do things that I wouldn't necessarily always do with other people. So I would change my language, or I would almost mould myself to how I think he wanted to hear things. Whereas I know with other people, because I you can, know he he was similar, and you yeah. know how he's going to react. Well, like, I didn't whereas, want I didn't want him to to, to go from the conversation. So
0: if, yeah, if so, nothing to do with the fact he had the had the same condition. Yes, he had the same condition. Yeah, but you but you treating him any differently because of that. Yes. But I think I do need to say about
1: the, about the hypocrisy of it. I know that my behavior doesn't meet the high standards that I sometimes mm-hmm. demand from others. Mm-hmm. And so it must be very hard for someone to go, you've said this, this, and this is needed. Mm-hmm. How about you giving some of it back? Yeah and i think that's where the sort of lack of vision or empathy or nuance comes it's like no i'm just thinking about me yeah. it can be a very selfish disorder i feel um you're mm-hmm. constantly wanting feeling communication and language can take me from a 60 to a 99 yeah. instantly uh we had a talk in a pod a little while ago about the table of okays <laughs> um yeah amazingly enough i started writing this today and um for those of you who aren't regular to the pod, the Russian spy um, has broken her toe, yeah. I think jumping out of a helicopter. I think so, yeah. Um, she replied to something today, okie dokie. And <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: well, I can't, that's, that's on the list. That's on the it? list, but it I comes remember, a, it comes under,
1: I think, playful and non-aggressive. <laughs> yeah. because, okay, it's probably the best. If she's going to put any of them on there, it's probably the best yeah. one, right? And okie dokie, I can't take that other than mm. it's playful, it's a jester, isn't it? It <laughs> isn't. But this thing I was reading and the thing we talked about, about the nine different okays, literally as we've said before the letter o followed by the letter k mm. i just
0: struggle so much yeah. um, not all people with ppd are gonna have the same reaction no, to that no and it's probably not easy to sit here and go here's how you can you know if you recognize that in someone or yourself yes. here's how you can help yourself or other people to to i guess cope in, yes. you know follow these five steps to, i think to, well, to, let me... to not take someone from a from a 60 to a 90 Right. There
1: are five steps, I guess, because... Okay. I, gave, I gave, <laughs> That wasn't planned. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, in terms that I could give five steps now that would make everyone's life easier. Oh, yeah. So I'll give you an example. Mm. <laughs> we had a very funny training session on Tuesday. We, you're going to have to come in with a tape recorder. Me and you? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. You're trying to remember.
0: No, you, I just, said you was, could have you you been anyone. You might have had a really... You know, oh, I no, thought no, you was and yeah, it yeah. was good. It was good. Yeah. But you might have had a better one after. I yeah. don't know.
1: And I mentioned to you... Um, the client that had complimented me on the whiteness of my <laughs> socks. Yeah, I didn't know whether you wanted to bring that up, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'll bring it up. Okay, fine. <laughs> now, that kept me going for a good 48 hours. Seriously.
0: What, your socks? The oh, validation the- about the colour of my socks. Right. I was... So, did you get the validation on your socks that you wanted? Because um, that's what you wore. You, you, so, you washed them specially, you could, so someone would compliment you, right? Yeah, so I, I washed the same socks that's again. How, <laughs> that's how depraved this condition gets, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I had to dry them in the morning before I went to the session <laughs> yes. so I could have the same white socks. Yeah. And the person... that was um, sparkly as well. Sillip so bank, was it? What would you <laughs> use to get them so white? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go on. Um, anyway, when I saw the person on uh, Tuesday, I think, I, I decided to mention this and say how the affirmation had mm. made me feel. And her response was, but they were really, really white. And I went, great. And I'm there smiling like a Cheshire cat. Totally disproportionate. Mm. both you and wayne Mm. and we've had this on the pod say i smell you know i always come in and i smell nice every time now that resonates with me as something that gives me validation Mm. and so when we're talking about the five steps they are so simplistic and i'm sure other people are like this okay so one of the things that's happened And you've done this really well is in some of your text replies and other people I know will say instead of saying, okay, we'll say cool, lovely, great. And if you think about it, if people listening to this don't have BPD and they say something like I'm cooking, I'm cooking a meal for us tonight. If you can come around at seven, that would be brilliant. Could you bring a bottle of wine? Um, I've laid the table out. It would be great. And then I've got something on Netflix that we're going to watch afterwards. And someone says, okay, that dinner is fucking out the window. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so to me, I was thinking,
0: say, that's a long text. I mean, it deserves yeah. <laughs> more than an okay,
1: to be fair. But <laughs> I don't it, know the do. response can be a single word. If it's lovely, that's yeah. fantastic, great, awesome, yeah. any of those And if you, even if you don't have BPD, it's that sort of validation of what Mm. you've just said deserves more than two letters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that the the article I read was actually saying the brevity of the reply Mm -hmm. when people used to put K instead of OK. I've been guilty of that in the past. And someone said, you might as well just tell them the fuck off because (laughs) if all you can do is do one letter, (laughs) that your time is so fucking vital that you can't put an O in it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And I think all of us would prefer every single person listening to this, I warrant, would rather have lovely as a response than okay. Yeah. So there's step one. Get rid of okay. Great, great. lovely, great. Right. great. Are, I'm writing these down. These are good. Yeah. These good, number one, right. The second one which we'll come on to is never say the word should. <laughs> um, we've talked yeah. about that in the States, yeah. is now a thing. Shoulding. Shoulding. Yeah. Shoulding, just to give people a very, very brief example of why it is so evocative with people with BDP, is By its very nature, shoulding suggests inadequacy. Yeah. It suggests that that person knows more than
0: you. Yeah. Uh, It suggests you've missed something and you should know better. Oh, God, I'm doing Yeah, you should know better. That's exactly it. It's like, did you not see that thing I never told you about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're
0: that that fucking stupid. Yeah, You didn't read my mind. Yeah. It's a classic thing with clients. But it's oh, also oh, this. This page should have, should mm. include this. this. Sentence should include this. Mm. Well, how was I supposed to know that? Yeah, I'm not telepathic. No, or even stuff that isn't as. Then as- you're going through emails, going, "Oh god, have I missed something? Have I missed something? Is it Because it puts it's it's totally loaded, isn't it? it? Puts all the responsibility and accountability on you, normally wrongly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's very much from a, a factual business type thing. Yeah. But the prime example that I remember is I had a client. She lost her father during, I think, the second lockdown. Was really, I didn't think she was able to see him in hospital, and you know, it was very, very upsetting. And two days later, she came to a session with me, mm. and she basically got mm. vitriol from her friends going, "You should not go to training. It's like you should be mourning. You shouldn't be going and lifting weights." And she came. And we chatted mm-hmm. and she cried and she lifted some weights and she went, that was best the best thing, thing for me. Thing, yeah. But as soon as someone says you shouldn't or you should, they're saying my view is superior to yours. Yeah. And so, and people know this because yeah, I go on Yeah, whatever you do this, isn't
0: going to live up to my expectations. Yeah. yeah. For someone in a bad place, that's the that's awful thing yeah. to do. Yeah.
1: And I, I think the other thing also that I'm finding, and this is step number three or four, is be very careful with the word why. And I know I go on about language a lot. and the reason- it is
0: important. We we do have it for a reason. And yeah. there are different words for a reason. Yes. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, we'd all just go, Meep, beep, 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 yeah. wouldn't we? Yeah. And the nuances <laughs> think- of those words. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I think just going back to the should, one of the words you can you can often replace should with want. Cool. So yeah. it could be, for example, the example I've just said, when someone said, you should not go training because you're in mourning for your father's death. You could go do you want to go training? It's like more of an open question. It isn't having a value judgment, but it's almost raising it. And then you can go, because you can. You might have concerns that people, person's making a bad choice. Mm -hmm, Yeah. But you can sort of say that in a way that that person go, yeah, no, seriously, that's what I want. Yeah. And then then you can go, that's fine. But if you go, you shouldn't go there. It's almost the end of the conversation. Um, Why it is with why is that for me, and I know maybe with language, I'm a little bit too deep. I accept that. Is that sometimes why suggests, if I knew the answer to that question, I could have avoided being in this situation. <laughs> so why do you think you're so emotional? If I could go, the reasons I'm so emotional are this, this, and this, the next line would be, we'll fucking do
0: something about Assuming it. Assuming that you don't want to be in that emotional state. Yes. It, you know, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. always the problem yeah. of people in that state are into the, the good and bad of feeling how you feel right yes well we've, we've talked about being you know mel- melancholic and yes and 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 the, i was going to talk about wallowing when you're talking about the kind of when you when you're in a, when you're in a 90 and you do everything to stay in a 90 or even yes. push yourself to a oh, 95 yes. yeah, yeah 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 it's wallowing totally a, 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 The highest for score. suffering yeah it's, it's yeah and there is solace in in the wallow i think yeah. everyone can and whether that is eating drinking binge watching telly or whatever it is yeah. it can be quite soothing Yes.
1: Can't it? I mean, that was the case that we mentioned, and I mentioned it on the pod when I came up from accountability. Why are you binge eating? I'm binge eating because Lewis has died, Mm -hmm. and that is my reaction to it. Yes, I'm binge eating maybe to do some form of self-destruction. I'm binge eating because it's almost sending a message to myself that I'm not self-disciplined. It might be sending something to me that I'm lacking in self-worth. I know the answers, so asking me why. Yeah, yeah. All I'm going to do is go, this is why. Mm. Um, but if someone asks why, it's almost suggesting
0: if you have the answers, then change it. Yeah, yeah. and you're not necessarily there asking to be changed. Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I'm going to do this for two it's a judgment weeks. judgment call, isn't it? It's judgment, just like should. Okay, that's a good one.
1: Um, the other thing, and you'll resonate with this. This is the last one. Um, it's only four. Come on, Mark, don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned this yourself, and I think this is interesting. So going back to the bit where I'm going... BPD is my problem. I don't want anybody getting in on my ground. It's true. Everybody has things that get their goat. So I might just be saying things. It isn't because I got BPD, but maybe my reaction is is higher. So when I was looking for things that um people get upset about, there was a thing called the Mighty, a website, and it said sixteen weird things people with BPD don't like. <laughs> <laughs> it said it weird things, and one of them was people chomping their food or the smell of cinnamon. And I'm going. I don't think these are BPD exclusives mm-hmm. and also calling them weird things <laughs> yeah. probably isn't very helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're mad, you might, might like this. BPD are weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this is one you mentioned though. Uh, it, we, we see it a lot on the media is that when someone's been interviewed and they start it uh-huh. with so listen, mm. so listen or you need to Loads know. do or, it. Yeah. Hear it all the time. Yeah.
0: And mm. it does get said and it's almost all saying. All sigh before that. <sighs>
1: Mm. have you got okay. a
0: five give me a five you can't do that you can't let us all down with a four
1: okay his, his this is this this should have been number right. one. Oh, going back to the white socks yeah my desire for validation mm. is completely and i'm saying this just for myself not for all the other people with bpd but for me is completely off the scale in terms that the smallest compliment or the smallest observation mm. will give me disproportionate happiness so the white socks it's like find your white socks <laughs> <laughs> and amelia's boyfriend dean is very good with this he will say something well, he, i mean he's a white sock oh, king isn't he he is i mean he smells better than me <laughs> yeah. he's as fresh as i've can. only met him once and yeah. this,
0: this room was full of him <laughs> and his musk he it ad- was did your diffuser didn't he oh. <laughs> <laughs> you pay him to come around and just <laughs> just sick. freshen the place up a little just bit. rub himself on
1: the sofa <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but Dean is very, very good at those comments of, you're looking good, I like your beard, nice top, mm. you look good in that. And it isn't throwaway, mm. you know it's sincere, yeah. but it's constant, it's it's something he does very well. And mm. every time we it's have a little lift, text, he'll go, he'll just chuck something yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this that's it, think to... of the white
0: socks, think of the clean white socks yeah. and tomorrow Compliments 69 them. pods ago, Mark. Remember all, those, all yeah. those pods ago? we the very first episode we we're talking about compliments, weren't we? Right. If, if everyone could just give one compliment, oh, yeah, how many compliments would you have in a day? Yeah, one yeah.
1: <laughs> you meant the whole population, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I think it's a good, yeah, just going back on it the show, this is this is the interesting one the, the um, they did the should best let best sellers. That people say, so you should be grateful to be alive, you should forgive, you should be compassionate, you should meditate, you should declutter, you should take more trips, you should appreciate what you have, you should spend more time with your kids, you should have more fun, you should spend less time on technology. And I'm thinking, those all come up on a daily basis. Yeah, they do. You shouldn't spend so much time on your phone, you should spend less time, you should eat differently, you should... should do listicles beginning with should. yeah. And it's like, you should laugh more. That was one of them. Like, fuck that. did isn't going to happen.
0: You should fuck off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Um, right. We probably have to wrap up, Mark. I think so. Is this a is this, um, Jerry Springer summary monologue? It's just three little one-liners.
1: Cool. If I seek validation, disagreement is rejection. Even if the other person is right, if they disagree with me, all I hear is rejection. That doesn't mean that the other person has to continually conform to my views, mm-hmm. but they have to understand that disagreeing with me will take me to a position where I'm going, they're rejecting me.
0: Yeah, because it's also quite unhealthy to kind of, I guess, put people or things in cotton wool, right? Or wrap. Yes. Them, the the eggshells, right? You need to shout at people because that could f- ma- <laughs> Yeah it's 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 a, it's a, a sensitive and considered shouting isn't it an yeah. understanding it is difficult to get the balance right you talked about balance right at the very beginning yeah, yeah. Now, you can try and go a little bit too softly and ma- or yes. make things worse exactly or just you got to you know be bold and brave and approach it head on you got to be bold go, and brave i don't understand that can you explain it to me why why are you reacting to that yes i think anyone would just appreciate the time to explain why they react in a way but i think if if
1: you understand that the person has taken it on board in a different way that you Mm. meant it Mm. it is it's that communication at the beginning of a discussion and Mm. i also wrote here i mean the the last three things is Mm -hmm. i said i can't believe when people don't agree with me Mm. (laughs) and i do i have a certain feeling of if i state something
0: Mm. i i don't mind like on the pod when i'm talking and you guys can we just move on (laughs) we just move on oh we you don't you don't want to talk about this much no can we just move on board well, board what you got next Oh, when we talk no, about the moon landings and yeah.
1: you think it might have been possible that they happened yeah exactly see lewis was with me on that one um <laughs> i have put down lewis and conspiracy theories we might have a special on that because he outdid me bless him um and the final thing mm. and this is my piece of magic this is for those of you who have got through the 57 and a half minutes just a prediction of how long this will be <laughs> and the rest <laughs> and the rest yeah okay so this is my summary this is my takeaway mm-hmm. and I'm I feel really happy about this okay good me i've done this you great the end what mic drop see all the people
0: with epd are going yes amen brother i know what he's saying and you're going twat no i'm I'm Okay. I left. I left a gap because I'm sure that's going to be brilliant, and I'll hear it back, and it'll be genius. So I didn't want to steamroller it.
1: Okay, I'll give you an example. Just, so I've done this. Yeah. You say great. Great. The end. That is perfection for BPD. Okay. Great. So if I come in today, how's your day been? I managed to do 40 minutes weights. Great. Great. That's it. That's finished. We move on. Hmm. I come in today. I've done 40 minutes weights. Did you not were you a bit rushed today and couldn't do an hour fuck off,
0: yeah, yeah, I think it's warrants a fuck off,
1: <laughs> no, but even <laughs> <Yeah>. something even <laughs> something
0: that wasn't made or that, that kind of length of conversation would suit me down to the ground yeah. as well.
1: I've got time ready there. I think sometimes if it's as simplistic as that and it goes back to the affirmation, if is... If it's I'm t- about the
0: language. It's being concise, isn't it? Sorry, I'm pointing the yeah, pen at you because okay. <laughs> I've got a really good point, literally. yeah. Um, the language is important, getting rid of ambiguity. Exactly. It's exactly, and, that, and point. It's exactly that point. distortion,
1: isn't it? Because if you say Keeping more it than simple. two words, yeah. simple I, isn't I will okay. find a problem with one of them.
0: Simple isn't okay, but simple is, that's lovely or... Look forward to seeing you. Yes,
1: it takes, exactly as you say, it takes away the ambiguity Mm -hmm. and it doesn't give my mixed up mind the opportunity to to beat myself up. Mm -hmm. If you go, I've done this, great. All I can do with that is go, that's validation. So any other words would just give me... Somewhere to deep dive
0: that's it for this episode we're well, done getting this far and thanks for listening give us a follow on instagram and Twitter at I'm finecast and send your feedback and ideas to i'm finecast at gmail.com don't forget to uh, give us five star review on Apple podcasts and please do spread the word to those who think might like having us in their ears in the next episode part three final part mark mm. um, where we'll be looking at support and yep. treatments yes for bpd yeah and again a mixture of kind of first hand uh, experience and some of the tools and references that you mark have found invaluable over the last few years and, the, yeah. and other things that other people have come across as well and just a shout out
1: for what you always say at the end of these um
0: i, I really 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 do appreciate the people that are
1: dming me and i can under, like i said right at the beginning i can understand why they're dming me rather than just sending it to a generic email mm-hmm. but we honestly really want to help people that is our purpose Mm. and there's been more tragic news in bristol today come out with a a young person from from the university i just think it's that if there's anything that we can do to help literally just send a text or if there's a question you want to answer if you just go Mm. i can't wait for next week to hear about treatments can you just give me an address or can you tell me about mindfulness anything Yeah, yeah yeah literally just reach out and Mm. you know if we can point you in the direction of someone that can help yeah. More than happy to do it. Yeah, we can.
0: Nice one. Okay. So we'll uh see you in the next episode. Take care. Yeah. Bye bye.